ho, ho, ho. And thanks for tuning in for the Christmas Eve edition of the Red-Headed Preacher Podcast. My name is Richard Lanford, and I am the Red-Headed Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. We're an open and affirming congregation in the near suburban Chicago area. The sermon today is called, For This I Was Born. And it's a reference to John 18, the conversation between Jesus and Pilate in verses 33 through 38. That is one of the readings that we had on our Christmas Eve service because of the length of the service, I chose not to include all of the readings in our Christmas Eve service like we normally have the scripture readings, but I wanted to at least let you know the key passage out of which I'm preaching. So that's John 18, verses 33 through 38. Before going any further, I invite you to join me in a brief word of prayer. Merciful and pursuing God, we give you thanks for the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ, through whom you somehow experienced what it is to be human, to be vulnerable as a baby, to grow up, be misunderstood, and the rest of Jesus' life. But the actual birth took place in Bethlehem, and tonight we're going to celebrate that and talk about what Jesus himself said about why he was born. Open our ears to hear what you would have us hear. In the name of Christ, amen. And now, the sermon, For This I Was Born. the late bishop of the Diocese of Massachusetts, the right Reverend Thomas Shaw, posted a series of videos on YouTube called A Monk in the Midst. He spoke in one of these videos about an encounter he had with a man named Fred and his six-year-old son, Sam, about what they were going to do on Christmas. The father explained that they would get up and open their presents on Christmas morning, and then go to church. The son replied, Church? On Christmas? We're going to go to church on Christmas? Fred patiently explained, Of course, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus' birth and God coming to us. And Sam said, I know, I know, I know. But Christmas, church wrecks everything. <laughs> The church wrecks everything. Yes, yes it does. And tonight we come here to encounter not only the church that wrecks everything, but also the child who was born to wreck a lot of stuff, if not everything. Well, maybe not. At the time he was born, no doubt, Jesus had both not wrecked but inconvenienced both Mary and Joseph and almost wrecked their engagement had it not been for Joseph's dream. Whatever plans they had in Nazareth before Caesar ordered the tax registration, meaning a trip to Bethlehem, were wrecked. 
Not only did they have to change their plans and travel there, Mary was very much pregnant for the journey. The innkeeper's peace of mind would have been wrecked also when there was no room for them, this pregnant woman and her fiancé in the inn. Well, Jesus certainly did not wreck the lives of the shepherds who now had a story to tell the rest of their lives. And nor did it wreck the lives of the Magi. Their journey was fulfilled sometime later and they gave to Jesus as to a king. Jesus' birth. This holy night, amidst concerns over COVID, a dampened economic recovery, climate crisis, and other things, we gather in person or via live stream to celebrate the incarnation of God, the Son of God, in history. We make gifts, we socialize, we bake, we decorate trees and homes, sing, all to mark the exceptional event of God coming to us. But, have we ever heard Jesus say why he was born? I confess, until I spent time in the lectionary passages for last November 21st, I would have failed the true-false test if asked if Jesus had ever weighed in on why he came. I probably would have said, no, false. You heard Roy read the passage. Jesus is talking to Pilate about kingdoms, his and not his, and then he declares, for this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth hears my voice. For this I was born and for this I came into the world, said the Lord, to testify to the truth. Not any truth, not what's your truth, truth, but the truth. Only the Son of God could lay claim to bear witness to. In fact, lots of you remember in John 14, Jesus told his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. He was born, I think, for a lot of reasons. But maybe they are all subsets of the overarching truth that Christ testifies to, and that he is. At Christmas time, when we were kids in suburban Minneapolis, my middle brother Tommy, and I've mentioned this before, he used to get on his stomach or on all fours to get to the bottom of the tree level where gifts were, and he'd go around the tree, and he'd snoop for packages that had his name on them, and he'd pick one, shake it, rattle it, maybe smell it, listening or smelling for some clue that would tell him what it could be. And then after that one, he'd go on to another one. Now, I do not know how much that helped. I do not know who would really want to know ahead of time what they're getting. We are in a night of hopes and expectations, not only about presence and maybe visitors and get-togethers, but also about Jesus and his birth. But who among us would think first of truth when contemplating the nativity? The way we think of the nativity 
hearing his words from John, might be stick out like a fruitcake surrounded by chocolate chip banana bread, pumpkin pie, peach cobbler, tiramisu, chocolate fudge sundaes, and whipped cream. For this I was born to bear witness to the truth. I hope this leads us to thinking more about tonight and truth. With the registration going on, Rome forcing its will upon the powerless, vulnerable masses, Jesus is born. That's the context. Line up and get ready to pay your taxes, people. And if you have to travel, tough noogies. So this is going on. Jesus is born in this context, and he's born to bear witness to the truth as he talks with Pilate. Those powers shall not endure. Jesus is born to bear witness that to the truth these powers are temporary in the end because the earth is the Lord's and stays the Lord's. Christ is Lord, not Caesar. The first centuries of martyrs lost their fortunes or their lives because they refused to go to the empire emperor worship temples and bend the knee to Caesar and pinch some incense and call Caesar Lord because only Christ is Lord. God is the truth and the sovereign, not the Roman Empire or any empire past, present, or future. The uniqueness of the kingdom of God is the real, enduring realm. That's one truth Jesus was testifying to in his conversation with Pilate. You can get the irony of Pilate interrogating or interviewing Jesus, the judge, is being judged, while the one being judged is the judge. God is the one with the real claim on the world, not Rome. This, that is the God's truth. And you know, if you think about it, that's the foundation of the preaching of both John the Baptist and Jesus. God is God and no one else. Truth. John Marsh of England put it like this. The reference by Jesus to his birth is to indicate that the whole of his life has to be understood in terms of its final aims. Jesus had not come to establish a political sovereignty, but to bear witness to the truth, the truth of God's soul sovereignty, eternal and universal in distinction from that of humankind's temporal and finite partial and competitive sovereignties. Now, building on that, let us not forget the Magnificat. The one of whom Mary sang was no friend to those in high places who abused their power or denied God. He was, Jesus was, a friend of the dispossessed, the hungry, the sick, and the lowly. Matthew 25, anyone? That is a bigger picture way of understanding the realm of God based on truth, God's truth. As the late scholar Raymond Brown, he's like one of the big muckety-mucks of John's gospel, uh, recently passed away. Raymond Brown observed, the revelation of truth has the effect of judgment. The Magnificat, 
poetically depicts the playing out of that judgment, Jesus' birth was going to wreck those who did not stand with Jesus and the hungry poor, but probably perpetuated their poverty and weakness. Now there's another verse in the Gospels where Jesus says why he came, which is a roundabout way of saying why he was born. This is truth then, too. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. To serve and to give his life. That leads us to Savior language, and so we've heard it in other stories of tonight. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. He was born to be Savior. Salvation is truth. Deliverance from that which would condemn us or bury us in our own tombs of living death is truth. For Jesus said he was born to bear witness to the truth and to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And we heard this again as Dan read about Joseph and the angel in his dream. She shall bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. There is soul salvation that is priceless. There is salvation of a household which we read of in the book of Acts. There is institutional salvation, like the abolition of slavery, Christmas, or Jesus the truth, wrecking the pretty nativities of the Confederate churches based on God's love for everyone, especially the oppressed, and that we are all made in God's image. And more examples exist of salvation which is grounded in God's truth and love in many levels. Jesus said in Mark that he came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Now we know the prophecy of Isaiah 53, we hear it on Good Friday, but do we also know what is called the kenosis passage? It's called that because the Greek word kenosis means emptying. The passage is Philippians 2, beginning at verse 5. I won't read it all because I'm getting close to the end. It does speak to the incarnation, the Son becoming God with us. Paul wrote, Have the same mind be in you, which was in also in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now this is John 3.16 stuff. This self-emptying for us and the world to serve, to save, to wreck what is unrighteous, to bear witness to the truth is ultimately about love. It's about grace. Love for those who deserve no love from a holy God. Jesus' birth, which embodies the love for the downtrodden. His life, suffering, death, and resurrection, which all start first in God's mind in the Godhead, then in Mary, 
And in Bethlehem, this emptying love is also the God truth Jesus came to testify to and to be. The truth of God's love embodied by Jesus. Salvation, forgiveness of sins, solidarity with those who suffer, especially on the cross, bringing resurrection, hope, and life in this life and the next. These are all subsets of the truth for which Jesus came and was born to testify. For this I was born, to bear witness to the truth. What's that? The truth of God being the one true God who still owns heaven and earth. The truth of a loving Christ who emptied himself to become one of us and go to the cross for us. The truth of Jesus who came to wreck our selfishness so that we might be able to love God and others and to receive that love in return. The truth of one who came not to be served but to serve showing that as the truth of God, and to call you and me to follow in his path. And that's a gift, too. It is a great gift, and you will never find it on Amazon. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message, the Christmas Eve message of December 24th, 2021. At least my hope is that it provoked some thought and, as I said in the message, thinking about truth as part of the Christmas story, according to Jesus. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas Tide, and I hope you'll look for us in a couple of days because I will be preaching on Sunday, December 26th, and the message is called Mary, Joseph, and Seeking Jesus. And that's going to be based on a passage from Luke. Again, God's blessing upon you in this special time. And may God bless your week as well as your celebration. Amen.